0: You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe?
1: Welcome. Thank you for tapping into some untapped keg. I am one of your hosts, RJ Zimmerman. Here with my good friend Monte Ball. How you doing, big guy?
0: Oh, come on, man! I'm excited. I mean, look, look, look we got, we got, we got an awesome guest here today. But, but obviously, before we get to the guest, uh, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm feeling good. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. Doing okay. How about yourself, man?
1: Uh I'm good. I'm really good. Like the past couple days, kind of did some. Um, soul kind of refresh kind of work and Same. i feel really good today really really good and um i got so my got some
0: exciting things my
1: jennifer feeling words mug here uh go to jet art hub h a a a r t h u b b dot com and uh <laughs> order one for yourself i'm just you know spitballing here but we're excited because we yes. haven't fantastic fantastic guest today um i i'm very excited to introduce troy colmer founder of sober athletic wear how are you doing today troy
2: i'm doing great guys thanks for the invitation to join you i'm really excited to uh speak with you and uh see where the conversation leads and uh, get in some good stuff today oh yeah oh yeah troy man just again just
0: just the real first off thank you man for lending us your time. Uh, this is going to be awesome, man. Our listeners, obviously, are thrilled to to hear about your story, hear about who Troy is and uh, what you got going on, man. But glad that you're doing well. And I guess we're just going to go ahead and get started, man. So, Troy, obviously, you know probably a little bit about us. Um, my, for myself, you know, I, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Um, going on six years here um, in August of this year. Uh, love the podcast. Love what we're doing. RJ, same uh how many years rj
1: eight years eight years in december so it just recently nice, came man. and passed Good
0: for you. nice you. nice so troy man we uh kind of want to hear a little bit about yourself man actually a lot about yourself um yeah man so i guess honestly just wherever you want to start i mean you know who's troy uh what got you on the path that you're on man and uh honestly you can share whatever you feel comfortable
2: sharing and we'll just take the conversation wherever it goes yeah, sure. So I'm an open book, so I I I'm open to talk about anything, but I can give you a kind of a background of what I'm about and uh, how how we connected today obviously is to do with uh, mental health and addiction and that's uh, been a part of my life. So I um started drinking alcohol at the age of 14 years old. Um had some I just, I wasn't really a nervous kid, but I had some stuff going in my life that I uh um kind of running from i guess and uh so i grew up in a very uh conservative home um right wing kind of christian home and um you know and, and that's great and i'm not here to to say that that's not cool that's just i'm only telling you my experience so mm-hmm. i i can only share where how it impacted me and, and and how i moved forward in my life so i had a lot of mm-hmm. guilt and shame in that in that particular scenario that i grew up in and and that's how i interpret it so i just want to make that clear um, but this is how I interpreted what I heard and what, um, and what I did later in life to cope with it. So I had a lot of shame and uh, guilt on, on how to live, you know, you hear messaging in your family of, uh, what is the way to, way to go. And that was a piece of it. But I think also maybe I was, um, wired, um, with, to be attracted to alcohol. Maybe I'm not sure because I know I'd never forget the first day I tried it I was 14 years old, with my buddies, we were at a quarry um, near to the house. We used to go there swimming and stuff. It was like an old dugout quarry where they would take the rock and process it into other stuff for asphalt or whatever. So they fill it up with water and we used to hang out. And someone brought some booze one night and I like fell in love the first time I tried it. was just, um, I don't know if you guys can relate to this experience when, when you try it and it just bring, it just bring a relief to my brain that I had never felt before. Um, it relaxed me in a way that I'd never felt. And uh, I I wrote a letter recently, because I just, uh, I'll I'll get into a little bit of what I've been going through uh, recently, but I wrote a letter recently to alcohol. I was in a 20-day treatment program, outpatient. Um, I'd relapsed on October 4th of 2021. And I've been in a seven-year recovery process, uh, some victories and and stretches of sobriety, but really not taking it as serious as I should have. So that'll be a little bit later in the story as well. But... When I uh, started using alcohol, it was kind of because I was living a dual life. I lived the life that um, I thought been, been, and my parents wanted me to live, but I also lived the life that I kind of wanted to live as well. So I lived two pathways and it was very confusing as a kid because I wanted to please them. I wanted to please them, make, you know, make them happy and make them proud of me and all those kind of things that we do as children. But I also had some questions and I, found that I couldn't live up to the lifestyle that I um, was being taught. Um, and there was nothing wrong with that. I mean, my mom and dad were such loving people, great people. Uh, my mom's passed since, but my dad's still with me. He's 86 years old. He's down in California visiting my brother. So I miss him. We just dropped him off. He, I'm his main caregiver here. But I phenomenal people. Just for me, alcohol was a, a real coping mechanism. Um, I did it because I was a bit shy, I guess. So to meet and talk to girls back then, it was kind of like, gave me a little bit of swagger because I was a little bit nervous. Um, socially, I wasn't quite sure where I fit in in the world. I was, you know, as an athlete, but I was also kind of on the outskirts because I didn't want to get too close to people because I was told that, you know, if you get into a certain crowd, it may not go well for you. And so I really w- I wasn't good at relationships as well because I didn't know my place in life. So I, I lived that way till probably around 30 years old and I made a decision that I had to live and be honest to my authentic self and who I am. Well, that's when my life changed for the better but I also was using alcohol quite a bit in my 20s and even when I got married, I got married when I was 32 and um, I worked a ton. I was in the car business at the time and I worked, you know, 12-hour days, six days a week sometimes and it was just a coping mechanism for me to get through. So I have the aspect of, I think, um, some mental health issues that I had going on, but also I may have some genetic um, predisposition to, to alcohol, I think. Mm-hmm. Nobody in my family, my parents don't drink. They never drank. Um, so I didn't, wasn't exposed to it growing up. But I found out that some people in my family have had mental health issues and also had some alcohol issues as I come came out and told my story and was being honest. So, um, yeah, that's been my story for my life. And 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 I, I my wife approached me about uh, it was September uh, November of 2014. She came to me and she was very concerned about my drinking. And I was very unhappy. I had it in 2010. I had um, uh, very very deep deep depression going on in my life. Um, really not suicidal, but just really questioning why I was here on this planet. What was my purpose? And really lost. I didn't find any uh, value as being a, a husband, a dad, an employee, and, and uh, just losing a lack of um, enjoyment in my life. I was, a, you know, I'm a huge sports fan. I didn't even enjoy watching sports. I didn't follow my teams. Like I just let everything kind of slip. And I was going spiraling into a deep, deep depression and really anxious. But coming to learn that, anxiety, you know, alcohol help me go down that pathway because it's obviously be a, de- a depression, a depressant. And, um, so I, I didn't really know. And nobody talked about mental health for me growing up. I'm going to be 54 next week. And so these conversations weren't happening. So as a kid, you know, I just sucked it up and I'm, you know, when you're in sports, you hear, you know, get up, don't cry. Guys don't cry. You suck it up, get up. Um, yeah. or if you feel, you know, you're having a bad day. Well, that's too bad. You get your pants on, you go to work, and you support your family. There's, there's no time off for that kind of stuff. Yeah. You just do what you got to do, right? So the, the old school mentality is, is kind of how I grew up. Until I went into uh, recovery process and started um, seeing psychologists and seeing uh, counselors and digging into the real reason why I drank alcohol was, was um, eye-opening. But I still wasn't ready to commit to be honest with you until October 5th of 2021 this year, I went to a treatment program starting November 1st. And that's where um, I made the commitment. Finally, finally took me a while. I'm not too bright. I got (laughs) knocked me in the head a few times, but I got to a place where I went to an inpatient uh, outpatient program. It was life changing. A few things have come up for me Is meditation is a big, big part of my life. for The past four, five very grounding. and, And it's teaching me to, um, be it, live in the moment. I lived a lot in the past. And I had a lot of um, anger about my past and the traumas that I went through as a child uh, for myself, how I interpreted the world and that's kind of how what happened to me um, and feeling guilty about living the way I did because I wasn't honest with people which is one of the values that I held uh, other people accountable to but I didn't hold myself accountable to. and it's funny the things that were hard on people on team tend to be the things that we are not that great at I find um, so I, I overcompensated and making other people accountable and honest and I wasn't that way myself so I had to come out I'm honest I I'm I was so I did also a 20 day uh, posting on YouTube uh, every day that I went to uh, treatment I posted about it and I put it on my Facebook I put it on. Um, YouTube post as well as Instagram, Twitter, I mean, everywhere. I, I let everybody know what was going on with me. There's no secrets anymore. And I finally have come to a place that I can um, say I'm an alcoholic and not feel real guilt and shame around that anymore. So it's taken me a long time. My story has been a 40 year journey uh, up until this point. And um, thank God, you know, I, I finally did it for myself because, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever been to AA or know much about AA. I'm not an AA person, but um, the meetings that I went to and and on their coins to say, to thine own self be true is kind of a model that I I start with. I have a a cue card in my truck. And when I feel like I have a craving, I read my 10 reasons why I don't want to drink. Number one reason is to thine own self be true because I was lying to myself, number one. And I couldn't get straight. I couldn't get sober without being honest with me right until i wanted it for myself absolutely there was no way it was going to happen so i i did that. he's my family he's my wife that type of thing and um snuck around and uh, things i'm not proud of doing but i had to be honest now you know they know everything and that's it's been freeing for me that's really been freeing for me so um to give you a little bit of background about why i started sober athletic where um, I wanted to give back to people. I wanted to change the conversation surrounding um, addiction and mental health. And for me, uh, my addiction, I think, stems a lot from mental health. Um, am I addicted to alcohol? Yeah, but I'm more addicted to the fact that I used it as a coping mechanism. Um, I haven't had a drink now. I'm going to be 97 days today since I've had my last drink. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, man. Let's go, man. Let's go. Yeah, so this is my new streak that I've been on. And I didn't keep track in the past because I was afraid to fail. And I failed so many Mm -hmm. times I felt the shame of that. So I didn't want to have a, a sober date. And I used it as a crutch to drink because I thought, well, I made a slip. Oh, I made a slip. And, you know, and. I got real about it and made a commitment to a day and saying, this is the day that I'm going to do it. And this is moving forward. What I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, It's still scary. It's still scary to think of every day. We we live one day at a time in in the situations that we're in. So each day, you know, I do my meditation. I do my gratitude journal. I do my prayers and I set out for the day. And uh, at night I do the same. And I just say, thank you for today for getting through it. And, um, and, and that gratitude Absolutely. now has really, really helped me and, and changed my mindset and working on my mental health has been a big, big part of that. So um, sober you, I'm wear, the, the logo that uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it if you're looking out, or if you're listening on a podcast later, you won't be able to see it, but you can look it up at SoberAthleticWear.com and see the logo. It's just so yes, I used to have Sober Athletic Wear because I thought I wanted to soften it for people because some people may feel intimidated to wear sober on their shirt. But then i said well that's not for those people it's for the people who need it to wear it that gets them through a day i put on this shirt today and i'm gonna to to stay sober today if that's one mm. part, it helps then that's all worth doing all the work for it um and Fantastic. i want to change the word sober what does sober mean well on my website it's it comes from greek and it means to be calm to be level-headed to thinking straight so when you get sober, obviously, that's what you do. You're not thinking the way you used to. And an addictive mind is, is a curious thing. Um, right. You know, your, your thinking is off. Mm-hmm. And um, so when you're getting sober, you can get sober from anything. So I have a hashtag that I use sober from. Could be food. Could be sex. Could be drugs. Alcohol. Right. Shopping. Could be whatever it is for you. Um, we're all getting sober from something. You know, the mental mm. health crisis that's going on in the world now is tragic it, it it it's just as a pandemic as covid is to us it's people are dying left and center from overdoses people are suffering yep. silence from loneliness and mental health and it's hard stuff yeah so those are the people yeah. I'm targeting and, and i want them to know guys like us who have gone through it we love them and care for them and we want to be there for them so when they when i see a sober logo or someone wants to Wear a sober logo. It makes me smile because I know it's doing something for them to get them by, and it lets them know that they're cared for and loved, and someone is looking out for them. And so that word is my mission to change the stigma and connotation around it, and that's oh, yeah. what it It that's kind of my background. Troy man.
0: No man, I do. That was. That was amazing right there. Uh, It was 10 to 15 minutes right there. Uh, You really, you really hit me hard right there in the heart uh, when you were talking about your story um, regarding really trying your hardest to to please your parents. And I mean, I I wrote a book and that's a lot about what I talk about in, in in the double life. I literally talk about that in my story. Um, and again, I'm not here to talk about myself, of course, but I, 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 I relate to everything you just said so much. Like I don't they're think not you not. understand, our Jason are not. Yeah, knows. yeah.
1: Well, it's <laughs> the same, same for me too, right? I mean, like, we all grew whoa. up in that toxic masculinity that <laughs> that's that's all our parents knew. So that's all they knew, right? And well, I mean, it's not
2: they did best they could, right?
1: I, absolutely. Right. But you know, one thing that I really love that you said was it took for you to admit to yourself because we have a saying yeah. that we use a lot on untapped on king we talk about how you can lead the horse to water you can't make them drink it and that's what this is but we say going sober is the most selfless, selfish decision that you can make it's you have to make it for yourself and it's going to f- benefit everybody around you right But if you are not making it for yourself, then you're not making it for the right reasons. And you are. It's not going to take hold. And hearing your journey to get to that point is. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story You're, You know, I we both relate to you so much. (laughs) I think that there's so many people out there. They also are going to relate to this as well. Yeah.
2: I appreciate it because, I, you know, like it's guys like, you know, that are normal everyday guys. I mean, you know, I, I don't really have a platform, so I wasn't mm-hmm. quite sure how I'm going to break in and tell my story and how people find it. Um, but it's opportunities like this that I appreciate so much because I want people to know that, you know, my story is, you know, I was, I'm, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm an employee. Um, but I'm also just kind of a regular guy. Like I was mm-hmm. a functioning alcoholic, you know, I, I held down a job. I, Uh, attended all of my kids. Um, My kids were in competitive dance. So I traveled the country following them and down in the U S and we'd go to Florida and Las Vegas and places like this for competition. I mean, I didn't miss anything. People wouldn't know on the outside of my house, what was really going on. They saw me as a partier, 100%. They knew there was a party. They were inviting Troy. Troy's going to be there, but they didn't see me hiding my alcohol in the house, in the car. They didn't see me having vodka in my car on the way home from work because I didn't want my wife to know that I had two drinks before I had the six drinks when I got home. They didn't see all those things. They didn't see me in bed crawled up in a ball because my mental health was so bad that I just didn't want to get out and and face the world that day. So there's people that go through these things, everyday Mm -hmm. people. You know, RJ, I know, you know, Mate Mate is... uh, a football player and he's been in the spotlight and he's got a great opportunity to to speak to people and they may listen to him but guys like you know i looked at i saw one of your podcasts you're talking i think you're in the, in the utilities business and you're talking about yeah. climbing up, uh, a pole for electrical pole it's guys like us man everyday guys are going to tell stories to our friends at work or people in our our circle that are going to see us and get inspired and then it's awesome i love that Uh, Monte comes on and he talks about his story because he has a platform that he can uh, get people to listen um, because of who he is. And it's great. And I think that's amazing because a lot of people won't do what he's doing. They're ashamed and scared that it's going to hurt their brand. It's going to hurt who they are. It's going to hurt the opportunities moving forward. But When someone has the balls to come out and say that they have an addiction issue or mental health issues or whatever it is, And he does that. I was inspired when I watched your, uh, your podcast. I loved it. I loved the dynamic and I I watched about four or five of them in a row. Thank you. Um, And uh, (laughs) so what you guys are doing is great work. And I I applaud you. And I I think your dynamic is great, especially being family, being buddies, but also sharing your story is, is, is powerful. And and I, any guys that come out and willing to do it, you know, I applaud you because it's not easy. It's such a Mm -hmm. stigma. No. And I hear it, and you guys probably hear it. People who don't know that you know we are alcoholics or we had mental health issues, and they bash people, right? and you, know, mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah, I hear guys at work <laughs> that people are off. You know, hey, what's this guy off work for? You know, he's got mental health. Like I'm busting my nuts right. every day going to work, and I go, oh, and what's his problem? Like he should be sucking it up. Let's get back. You know, those type of right. conversations that we have, and it's those. It's like anything. It's it's mental health, or if it's racism, or if it's in these conversations that we hear, we have to stand up and talk and say, hey, that's not cool, man. That's not mm-hmm. cool to say that. This guy's going through a lot of stuff. And you should have some empathy for it. It's it's not easy to come forward and tell people that you're struggling. As a man, mm. it's hard. It's hard. We need to learn to be vulnerable. We need to be yeah. able to speak to each other. And I still I suck at it. I do. But I'm trying. I'm trying to reach out to my friends. I'm trying to be transparent with them. I text them or in a group chat and I'll say, listen, boys, I'm having a tough day, man. I need some Something to talk about, like how was the game last night, or what? Just mm-hmm. something to distract me. And they will me. Oh, yeah. you know, they look out for me now because I told them the truth, yeah. right? So that's it's not, what it's all about. And, mean, and the men, we need to stick together. You know, are the ladies listening, yeah. And the same thing, we're all in it together. But guys, especially, you know, men's mental health is a big thing for me because I see guys struggling, and and it's hard. It's really hard to talk about. It.
0: Absolutely. And I think this is a perfect for my question. I had for you, Troy. I got two things for you for one. Um, thank you so much for your kind words. I, I, I don't take all the credit. There is no way I would have the courage to speak about what I, what I speak about if it wasn't for RJ encouraging me, pushing me, um, my family being very, very supportive of me. Um, and me just really placing all of my trust and, in the folks who I just mentioned, um, uh, yeah. Not caring about what anybody else thinks and just saying doing this for myself and my family and obviously my child as well mm-hmm. um, second perfect segue um the question I have for you because you mentioned it a little bit briefly spoke about the toxic masculinity um and how that kind of fueled that alcoholism fueled that you know put dirt on it right you gotta 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 scratch or whatever put put dirt we on got it, ice in the game don't or rub or it go don't back rub to it work. We got ice yeah
1: <laughs> right. Exactly.
0: So I kind of wanted I want to want to chat a little bit more about that, because we also talk a lot about men's health and just a lack of encouragement surrounding um, reaching out for help. If, if you're a man um, in this country. And so with you, I'd love to chat a little bit more about that. So with you, with the toxic masculinity you mentioned, like how did that really fuel um that destructive
2: path that you yeah, are for sure. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think it's a little bit cultural as well. Um, yeah. you know, my family uh, comes from an English background and the English are, are well known to be kind of tight-lipped, yeah. you know, they don't admit much, they kind of suck it up and do, and I'm sure there's uh, many cultures like that men in many cultures are like that. So, but that was my experience. And, um, my dad's a phenomenal guy, but he's really not a talker. So we didn't share a lot growing up. And I, and, and so I didn't have a, a role model of somebody who would, openly talk you know he i knew he loved me and i knew that he cared for me and but um culturally it was tough so i didn't really say anything um and i did i think the conversation back then i you know mental health just wasn't a thing when i grew up i grew up in the i was born in the 60s i grew up in the 70s and the 80s and just really people didn't talk about it um and i think through sports culture as well you see you know i had a game i played and i'll never forget you know i I smashed heads with a guy. I got I saw stars. I lost my teeth shattered. And I there's no way I was admitting that I was hurt because I had to get out there for the next shift. I was in tryouts and I was trying to make a team. And you know, the other people I talk about, I talk to my my cousin is in Nashville and he played football. And he told me, you know, many times we talked about mental health and the times where he was concussed and he just would not get up because there's no way that he was going to admit that he was hurt. And you and then there's other scenarios that you're in, social scenarios um, in business, I was in the auto business. Now, auto business is very ego-driven. Um, there's a lot of, it's. it was mostly men at that time when I was in that business, and now the ladies are, are starting to come into that business, but it was just um, I'm trying to look at find the word, but it's just a very um, closed culture of you don't talk about things. You don't admit mm-hmm. that you have a problem. You don't. Mm-hmm. And if you do, you're going to be made fun of. You know, the, the slurs that are used, and I'm not going to use them here to describe guys that are weak. They think that you're weak. And, and they, you know, and that's the message that I got. So I was no way going to tell anybody. So I drank. Um, yeah. I, uh, it made me uh, relax. And I thought it helped me to socialize. And I thought it helped me to do, it was a big lie. It was the biggest lie of my life. And when I wrote this letter to alcohol, I, I wrote it to him. It was almost like to a lover. And I was like, I fell in love with you and you, you know, you did me wrong and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and it was true because yeah. I believed that alcohol was a solution to my problems. And and all I did was create problems. I look back mm-hmm. at my life and all the things that I got in trouble for pretty much can relate to me either being intoxicated or related to alcohol in some way. Um, so- I had a DUI when I was 19 years old. Um, I've sabotaged many relationships in my life because of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, my marriage has suffered because of alcohol and uh, I wouldn't even, and because I think, because I grew up in in a scenario where I was told what to do a lot, right? when I became an adult, I didn't want anybody to tell me what to do. And when my wife approached me with the issue of alcohol, I You know, I told her, no one's going to tell me how to live. I don't care. I grew up that way, and I am not going to listen to anybody tell me how to live, and I'm going to do it my way. And That was unhealthy, and it was very closed-minded of me to do that, and I regret um, doing that because she loved me, and she wanted the best for me, and I I couldn't get past the fact that um, I needed help, and I wasn't willing to take it. And she begged me and cried and said, Troy, please, you know, um, and thank God we made through and our marriage is getting much healthier as we move forward and with the honesty and the trust coming back. But that you're, you're right, Monte, the, 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 as a guy, the masculinity thing gets in the way. And, um, you know, I, I got introduced to Brene Brown and her what she does. And when I read some of her books about vulnerability and um, guilt and shame, yeah. it really put a new perspective for me as a guy be able to do that. And it's funny because when you reach out to people, it's not a negative thing. People are more uh, loving and caring than you think. Um, At least the people I know in my circle have. Mm -hmm. And you know your true friends that you can reach out to. And the rest, it is what it You know, is. I'm going to tell my story no matter what and what people think. Um, But my buddy's got my back and my family has my back. And um, that's where I'm at on that. But it took a long time. Honestly, that, that masculinity took a long time to um, work through and to be able to say, um, I need help. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And the thing that we're fighting right now is that statement. That's not weak. That's strength. That is the strongest. Yeah. you can be is saying I need help and finding it. And I'm saying that and I still struggle with it. Right. And I know like, I'm not alone in that. but when we grow up a certain way, you know, I'm, I'm 35 and I grew up same kind of way you did. Never talked about it. Always a rock. Then I go out and I get drunk and then all these emotions and feelings would come out where I would try to be that stoic. I would try to be level. i would try to be Spock from Star Trek. And it just wasn't gonna, it wasn't going to happen. It's just, it's not, it's not human nature. And the more that we learn about it and the more that we take these words back, right? The more the more that we talk about our mental health and everything, it's it's just it's helping the next person. And that's what I want to do when I talk or when we have a show is I want to blaze the path so that the people behind me have an easier time. I don't care what I went through. That doesn't mean you have to go through it. Right? right. That's what I try to do. Like I'm the oldest and I have a little brother and little sister. That's what I tried to do for them going through school. And, you know, they, they get mad at me because I set the standard too high, but it did. I think it did make it a little easier for them coming through. Was that that way? So.
2: Sure. People do their best push a little bit and, and, um, held accountable. Yeah. And it's hard. It's tough love, but I mean, you're, you're right. It's, uh, And I I agree totally. I think um, being, you know, trailblazers and the fact that we come out and we'll tell our story, um, you know, I don't want to be patted on the back as I just want to be a guy, you know, because I care for people. And I I want to be like a servant leader where you you can see, hey, I've gone through this. It's hard stuff. It's hard to talk about. And I tell my counselors that when I in the past, I used to dread going to my counseling sessions, sessions, and I would tell them. I don't want to be here, but I'm here because I know I have to get this stuff out. It's hard. It's hard to admit, um, things that you held in your subconscious that you don't even realize that were there. And when I deconstructed my, my life and look back, um, I wish I would have spoke out. I wish I would have had that mentor that I could have felt comfortable talking to. Um, so that's what we need to be for other people. They need to know that we're there. Um, to talk to, or if it's not us, at least they know that people in their life will care for them, and that that they're not going to reject them. They're not going to reject them. Find the people that 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 really care about you, and you know who that is in your life, and you'll be surprised. People will tell you how brave you are. People will tell you um, good for you, or whatever comment that they bring. I've never had a negative comment yet from anybody that I've approached for help, saying "Suck it up, Troy. Come on, man. Like this is." This is BS. You 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 don't you know you don't need to go see a psychologist. You don't know you're fine. Don't worry about it. It's okay. No one's told me that. They've accepted my story that I've told them as truth, my truth, and they are on board to help. And I I appreciate that. And I think we can do that as guys. Um, really, you know, be trailblazers in the fact of telling yeah. our story. And whoever finds us, however they find us, um, we put it out there into the world through social media, and hopefully. Someone hears it, it saves somebody the grief that we went through, mm-hmm. um, especially catching alcoholism early. I mean, there's different levels of alcoholism, obviously. And, and if you think you have a problem, you can't give it up. I thought I could give it up. I could not give it up. I couldn't. Um, so that, that's a cause of problem. And, and when you know there's a problem in your family, uh, it's causing problems within relationships. It's causing problems in your job. you're late or you're tired or you're not giving your best performance or whatever it is it's causing a problem causing a problem so for me now i can be the best that i can be i wake up clear headed (laughs) i wake up feeling good i've dropped some pounds because i'm not eating badly and i'm not drinking you know heavy calorie uh, beer i was a beer guy and uh, so i feel great Um, i'm doing self-care self-care uh self-care with um meditation and prayers and you know i get a massage i went for a massage yesterday to treat myself just to relax um, there you, go. you know stuff like that that i wouldn't yeah. normally do in the past but i am taking time for myself too that's another thing that people need to understand it's okay to be a bit selfish when you're in the early stages of your recovery because you really have to take take guard um i'm going through some things called post acute uh, withdrawal symptoms and i didn't really realize what they were until I met with my group, and I'm, you know, it was very lethargic. Um, my memory was kind of sketchy. I was forgetting things, and um, you know, these are all symptoms that, that come up later on. Uh, from um, what I'm learning is from you know six months, even up to two years, they can come and go, and to be on guard because when you have those moments, a relapse is is much more um, easier to make a decision to say yes instead of no, and um, you know, just learning as I go along here. Um, little tidbits that I post and talk about you know, to let people know that if they're going through recovery and they want to be successful, you know, I just share what I've been going through my story and hopefully it helps them in some little way. Sure. It is, man. I, I, I can guarantee you mm-hmm.
0: um, it is. And I, I got a question for you, man. I think, you know, we talk about with me, I'm really big on um, your environment, right? Uh, because, because I always, share on the podcast right you can you can go and receive treatment um x y and z do what you need to do while you're away but it coming back into the environment that was extremely stressful on you provided your or excuse me uh, it, it, it just gave you many many anxieties stressors all of the above how important is that for you troy um when you when, when you talk about your environment and, and who you're placing around you um, yeah. while you're on your path towards or in recovery.
2: Yeah. As you know, over the seven years that I've been in the recovery process, um, yeah. a lot of relationships have stayed, but have become different, to be honest with you. So people who um, know that I'm in the situation that I'm in will tend to not. I ask them not to really invite me to to things that I know that I'm not going to be successful at anymore. Mm mm-hmm. Um so i've I've reached out to actually tell them, you know I said, oh, I might say no, you know, please invite me that's okay I, I don't mind being invited and I appreciate it, but I might have to say no sometimes mm-hmm. um, and I, I want to be around people that are very i like positive people I, I love being around people who are positive and are are energetic because I'm a kind of a mellow guy, so I really feed off of people too i i mean i'm i have I set a lot of goals and I have high standards for myself. But if you if you know me, I'm a little, I'm standoffish. I'm a little quiet. Um, so I feed off the of people who are very very um, pumped up. I I like people who are who are excitable. But I I had to remove myself from attending um, different functions, my work functions too. I'm I'm I've taken a, a short term disability leave from work because I I needed to get sober and and straightened out. And I had hadn't taken the self care time that I needed to in the past. So As of right now, I'm very nervous to go back to work because I travel for my job. And when you're by yourself, you're only accountable to you. So if I'm in a hotel for a week or two on the road traveling, or if I have to go to a conference or a trade show, um, those are the times that make me very nervous. And and people in the past that I've hung out with, I'm going to have to now tell. I don't do that anymore. And this is the reason why. And be very, very honest about it. And that's not easy for people to do because these aren't friends that are my daily friends that I see, these are acquaintances that I meet up at different conferences or trade shows or customers that I meet as I, as I travel. Um, so being in a circle that, first of all, I think being honest is number one, mm-hmm. you can still be friends with people who are in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, but being honest with where you're at uh, right. second of all, understanding um, where you need to draw the line for yourself. Um, can you go to a bar and hang out and watch football? Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. That's that's something that someone has to decide. I've decided that's not for me. I, I'm not going to mm-hmm. do that anymore. I'm going to just um, be very, very cautious of where I go and who I'm around uh, until I get some some time under my belt where I'm I have the tools and um, my cravings kind of subside a little bit more as I as mm-hmm. I go on in my sobriety. But it's um, it's a daily grind. I find too. Uh, it's something that, you know, it's overwhelming. from The overwhelmingness of me of thinking never drinking again was scary. Um, so if, through my mindful practices of, of meditation and so forth, I stay in the moment now. I live second to second, minute to minute, hour to hour. I don't look too forward ahead because I I get overwhelmed and I get anxious, and that's when I get into a bad headspace. And I've learned to forgive myself for my past and people um, that I had help, hard feelings towards in the past, which is now I don't look back anymore as well. I shouldn't say I don't look back anymore, but I look back less. Um, mm. at getting better at, at letting that stuff uh, let it go and um, be true to myself. There's a lot of little things that have, I've made adjustments for, but the environment that I'm in now, I'm surrounded by people who care about me, who want me to be successful. And so that's where I'm at. And that's the best people that I, I need to be around.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The beauty about what you shared, um, and then RJ, I'm going to shut up and stop talking. <laughs> uh, but Troy, the beauty about what you shared, man, is that you have a plan. You have a plan with 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 these certain individuals in your life uh, when they're going to be probably asking you if you want to go to the bar to watch a football game or something, having that game plan in a sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, that's the brilliant part about that. And really want for our listeners to to understand that as well is, is I, it was awesome what you said. You could still be friends with those folks who, who may be still doing the things that you no longer take part in, but just have that plan, have mm-hmm. that plan for, for when certain events come up, your exit strategy, if you were to attend, what time you're going to leave, who you're going to go with, who you're going to communicate with while you're there. Um, all of that stuff is very, very important. And, and some great, great nuggets for everybody tuning
2: in is that thank you for that man yeah. and don't that's be afraid a, to for, ghost. The box is very important because you need to be able yeah. to and, and, and execute mm-hmm. as well yeah. and i think the honesty part to be honest with the people you're around if you're at that point in your life i think that's that's really helpful yeah
1: one thing that i did um i similar when i first started but i would ghost i would just leave like if i wasn't and if I was starting to kind of falter a little bit or be a little uncomfortable or whatever it was, I didn't say bye to anybody. I was, I'll talk to them later. And I just ended up the leaving game. and that's okay.
0: <laughs> There's Irish, the Irish exit.
1: What is that called? Is that what I don't know? <laughs> it's called. Sure. I think, I think <laughs> <this> movie,
2: they, <laughs> they just leave. They'll say anything and just ghost. <laughs> I used to say I had to go to the washroom and then just disappear. There if they, go. If I told the guys <laughs> I was going to the washroom. They knew I was gone. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Have, so one thing that we talk about a lot especially in early sobriety is uh hobbies hobbies are really important um they build up confidence and you have time now that you used to spend doing something else mm-hmm. and it, have you gotten or tried new hobbies or picked up an old one and put more into it um, you
2: what, the funniest thing for me that's really helped me is getting a dog <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Exercise wise. So it's really brought structure to my life. And I'm not telling everybody to go get a dog. I'm just telling you what it's done for me. <laughs> right. You know, I get up early, I feed the dog, take it for a walk. Um, you know, so I start my day that way and then throughout the day wow. it gives me some exercise of walking and um and but to be honest with you, the unconditional love too is unbelievable when you have have a pet. But I also read a lot. Um, that's one of the things I do. I love music, so I'll, you know. On my Apple iTunes and kind of float around and listen to, to music. Um, a lot of self care. I do uh, journaling. Uh, I have a, a book, a little book called The Five Minute Journal. I think you can get it at, um, I don't know if you guys have Indigo chapters in the States or whatever bookstore that you have there, but in Canada, that's where we go. Okay. Book. Uh, five Minute Journal. It's awesome. And uh, it's a gratitude journal as well as, you know, what would make today a great day. You kind of review your day end of the day and say, you know, how did you do or how, what was something that was great for today? So you're always, always um, forced to find gratitude in your day, every day. And I, it, I really changed my perspective for a day. You know, if I woke up and I was a little bit hazy and I was like, oh man, I got to get going today. Okay. Where's my journal after, you know, let the dog in the backyard and then I sit down and I have a coffee and I do a little bit of meditation and I get to my journal, my attitude has changed. And it's a lot, of, mm-hmm. a lot of it is the attitude, you know, um, walking into a day positive makes a huge difference for people who are alcoholics because negative thoughts really drive a lot of our behavior. And through the treatment that I was in, you know, thoughts are only thoughts. They're nothing that you have to execute on or anything. And, and it can get you down if you dwell mm-hmm. on it. So by being uh, gr- grateful, uh, and writing it down every day and just taking that five minutes really really has helped me a lot so that's that's one of the things that i do is self-care uh, and i can't do too too much of it because i have a life that i got to do you know there's work and other things going on and you know you get thrown curveballs throughout your day the things that you got to do when i do have some downtime it's i you know i veg i watch sports i love sports i don't watch i watch darts i don't care if it's a competition i'll watch it on tv just because that's that's the way i'm geared but um, journaling meditation, I would highly suggest uh, for anybody that's um, having problems or mental health issues and, and depression and anxiety. It is amazing. And it's not hokey pokey kind of stuff, you know, California, you know, kind of you know, <laughs> you know, we love kind of thing. It's, yeah. it's really, really about centering yourself and, and just even breathing, you know. Being in the moment and breathing. And, and one of the things that I've learned through meditation is concentrating on the gap even between your breath. That was powerful to me. To know that, that in the moment, that is one little thing that I can concentrate on. Because your mind is wandering when you, when you meditate. So you're always trying to come back to your meditation. That's part of meditation is training your brain to stay in the moment. Because you have all these kind of thoughts oh. When I focus on that little gap between my breaths, that really centers me. And, it, and it, for me, it's like being one with the universe at a, at a first split second at a time, every time I breathe. And it just reminds me to stay in the moment that I think is a big thing for, for people with uh, addiction and mental health to find something that, oh, yeah. is that stress relief that you're looking for um, through whatever your DOC is. Um, so th- those are the things that I do um, and I've had to incorporate it and it's taken practice. I, I you know, I'm like a, ADD I had you know I'm looking all over the place and I'm you know looking at a school out the window and you know it's tough to meditate right. you no know, your brain goes all over the place if you have a certain type of brain that I have so and to slow it down is really beneficial for me mm-hmm. I found it phenomenal Those, well, that's just what I do I walk I you know journal I read I listen to music and I watch sports those are kind of my go-to's um, have you uh, read other other stuff? If someone invites me to train something, outside the box. I'm open.
0: Awesome. Have you read um, Ed Cartoli's book, pa- The Power of Now? I have not. Ooh, it's a good one. It's a good power one. Uh, okay. Yeah, the power of now. It's it's pretty much a lot of what you just stated right there, right? Just living in the moment and you know, no longer dwelling on the past and yeah. kind of minimizing as many many anxieties as possible by not you know worried about the future. Yeah. And what's to come just paying attention to what's now he he's uh he's a very great writer meditator all of the above mm-hmm. it's an amazing book ed cart e-c-k-h-a-r-t Toly t-o-l-l-e i'm familiar
2: with him i haven't checked that book yet i'll check that book.
0: Yeah, yeah 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 i recommend it That's awesome. uh, it's it's i read that book about three and a half well, no it was probably about five years ago now actually excuse me and um yeah it it for me it yeah it it, it it just gave me a different perspective, right. Of, of it, just like you said, you can find something in your day to be, be, you know, to be happy about, to find gratitude some way, somehow, and focusing on that moment, that
2: the now. And Have you guys and, found that in and, your yeah, journey? I, just like can, trying to, 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 you know, slow down and, and, and be mindful that that's helped you. Um, I don't want to start asking the question, but no, I, absolutely. No, Feel no, free to I, ask I any it, question.
1: Um, for me, I haven't done it, like, um, I would say purposefully very often, but when I do, I have, I also, I have ADHD, like, I usually am taking medication, I haven't, because I ran out of it for, like, a month and a half, but, uh, I have an appointment on Thursday to go get some more, but when I am able to slow down my thoughts, and I'm able to be in the moment and focus, um, It is really beneficial. I mean, so my hobby that I picked up was cooking and that helps me like kind of get into a meditative state. And that is kind of when I slow down and I am able to process a lot of what has happened during the day, to be honest. Um, I don't cook every single night, but when I'm going through a lot of uh, emotions, like during a week or something, I'll usually go through and find meals and I will cook more that week than, um and then I like I'll cook out of a box like for the rest of them but yeah that's that so yes to answer your question yes it has helped that's me.
2: double beneficial when you're married cuz then you're getting points like left right and center by doing the cook too. <laughs> oh, oh left, yeah uh,
1: my wife is not a great cook so <laughs> 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 she appreciates it when I cook
2: <laughs> <laughs> in my oh, we love cooking Same. in the Oh we love cooking and- in the yeah. I would try all different kinds of stuff. So, yeah. That's, that's cool to hear. I, I think cooking is, is, is really relaxing too. And, um, especially when you knock it out of the park and you have a great meal, it feels good.
1: Yeah, it does. It really does.
2: What do you do, so, what do, you do Monte? Yeah. 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 I, um,
0: again, I love, again, the cooking, right. It's, it's not something that I really do a lot, but I do understand it a little bit. I, I like to cook steaks. Um, I don't do it all the time, but I, I, I understand what RJ talks about, about, you know, just kind of calms the brain, occupying the hands, right? Um, just allowing for you to just be in that moment and doing that and, and, and trying different spices all of the above. Um, but for me, what I really like to do is uh, write, journal. Um, I don't journal daily. Most definitely don't. But um, when my emotions are getting the best of me, I love to write them down. Um, it kind of helps me to work through them. Process why I may be feeling a certain way and understand maybe something happened today that reminded me of something in my past, and that's why I'm feeling a certain way. So I love to do that um, outside of that read as well. And um, I love to, I really, really love to talk about space. Um, I'm not, I'm not, (laughs) okay. Okay. (laughs) Are we going to get into (laughs) it? We talk about. No, 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 okay. no, no. Okay. But when we talk about conspiracies, right, I'm, <laughs> it's, being a uh, conspiracy theorist, there's a spectrum, of course, right? You got you got ancient aliens way over here where it's just way, sometimes it's just way off the wall. It's like, okay, bring it back, guys. And then you got, you know, the very minimal conspiracy theorists. I'm, I'm more so in the middle. Um, so me, I love to learn about space. Um, when my mind is starting to get the best of me, I'll just dive into information about space, uh, new telescopes, satellites, all of the above. And that kind of just the unknown about space and the thrill of trying to figure out information kind of mm-hmm. calms me. Um, and so, yeah, for me, just I love, love to learn, love to learn. Yeah. Um, and not by not drinking, not being drunk all the time or hung over. Yeah. I have the time now to be like, Oh, let's try to figure out some new information. mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> try to outsmart it's the, the uh, astrophysicist. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's uh, and that's what I love, man, I'm about kind of real quick, going back to your story, just the vulnerability that you I mean, just right off the bat, man, the vulnerability that you displayed is uh-huh. uh, honestly, I, I hope someday I get to that moment. Um, I've been sharing for a very long time. Um, but for some reason, the way that you shared, just it, that was very powerful. And I can't thank you enough for that. Troy. I really
2: can't. That I appreciate it I just sure from you sharing sure that. I think, your voice helping would be, me. I think your voice would be powerful. I would love to sit on a panel with you one day and uh talk to people at a conference and things like that. I mean, that's we'll do it, that's we'll kind of what it. I want to we'll make do it happen. With, yeah, with my sober uh <laughs> stuff too, I, I just want to, I sure want to sell stuff because I like the logo and I want to get people you know proud of that, but part of it is um. Getting out into the community and having talks yeah, and going schools and, and letting kids know, you know, I started drinking when you were, and this is some of the things you might want to look out for um, and cues with mental health, you know, early because Absolutely. when, you know, yeah. the brain is developing at that time, and if it gets used to having alcohol into it, um, that's the reason right. why the freaking age is 21 because the brain is not really fully developed to about 25 years old. So if you start filling it with chemicals early, it gets used to it, and, and your chances of becoming dependent is. Far, far greater if uh, people start experimenting early. So, you know, kids have to be told that and cognizant of it so they can make an informed choice of what they want to do. Not there to beat them up Mm. whatsoever, just, you know, blending stories and telling. I think we all learn by stories. I mean, that's the way, you know, it's happened for thousands of years. Yeah. People will hold their stories to the next generation. And I think it's important for them to see, you know, people in the community who are willing to talk about it. Even going into businesses, you know, I'm sure HR departments are suffering across the countries. In my country, I know in Canada, we're having problem with uh, finding people to work. Um, it's just people are off. They're, they're they're questioning what life is all about during this pandemic, and um, you know, HR departments have people off. They're sick. Uh, they're mentally ill. They're they're having hard times. So how do I, you know, hours and hours and hours a year? I'm sure hundreds of thousands of hours a year are lost to people being ill, um, being away mm. from work. Well, let, let's, you know, be proactive and let's, let's put things in place where they can come and talk and know that it's okay to reach out and say, you know, I'm having an issue or, you know, you feel comfortable with your boss, even say, you know what, I'm having a hard day. Um, you know, I, I would hope that we would get there as a society, that it's okay to talk about these kind of things with various people. And, uh, I just think there's programs that we can developed that can help people coming through, um, you know, successfully. And, and people generally are hard workers. They want to do well, but when they're sick and they're having a hard time, I think it's really important. And that's kind of where I see my company going as well is not just selling swag, um, but also getting into the, you know, more of a human element to it where we're talking about or having, uh, you know, meetups and things like that, and and having people that's feel awesome. comfortable to come and, and chat about it because you know I'm going to probably stick in the genre more of men because um I, I think there's a big need for men to get into groups and talk and yeah um, I'll let the ladies do their thing for now but uh, you know that's my niche I think that I'll probably end up walking towards as I move forward
1: and. Oh, yeah. Part of the reason that I wanted to start this podcast was because, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen, I've i been listening to podcasts for 12, 13 years. Maybe, yeah, probably about that long. And so many of them, because of our culture and society, are around drinking. And, you know, there's so much alcohol involved. And there's one in particular that I enjoyed mo- the most because he would talk about being sober for 10, 15 years. And then he'd be like, you know, I don't begrudge anybody who does it and stuff. But it's like, why can't we have entertainment where alcohol not at the forefront? Because you don't need it to have fun. Like, sure, it lowers some inhibitions in some people and they can handle it. But you can have fun and everything without it. So let's show that we can. Let's show, talk about our stories. And, you know, uh, last week we talked about Dry January. Mm-hmm. And one thing I said was if you're just doing it for dry January go to do the things that you would do with alcohol but do it without see if you enjoy it because you will right. you'll yeah. learn that you will now if you're going sober I don't recommend doing that if you you right. know if you, yeah if you're if you are giving up alcohol for your health for your mental health anything I do not recommend putting yourself in those triggered situations but if you're just trying right. for dry January go for it. Have at it. Don't drink and see how much fun you still have. Um, Gosh, what what you're doing is so it's it's really um, it's not just inspiring, but it's it's exciting to see it. It, It's, you know, it's it's aspirational. And that's it's so awesome to meet somebody who uh, feels similarly. And um, I'm excited to see what you do um jenny yeah. has a question before we let you go so uh she said was there anything specific that helped get you into your gratitude journey was it mm. your outpatient treatment or was it um something you read
2: yeah i was my um i was actually one of the addiction counselors had uh, talked about it. he recommended uh, journaling and he said he did this uh, five minute journal so um i've always you know uh, I I attend a church that's very, very positive and they talk about it, but I never really tried it. You know, I just, Mm -hmm. I didn't try it. So um, I said, well, I'm off. I'm going to give it a shot. Why not? And see what happens. And it was one particular day when I was going through treatment, I can't remember what it was. And I've had some, most days were pretty good emotionally, but I had a few real, real tough days when I uh, had to deep dive into some things that were very personal. And so I was getting up one morning, and it was the previous day was very emotional, and I was drained. And you know, I and I was going to this treatment program as a sponge. I mean, I was there to soak every morsel of everything I could get of knowledge to be successful. I was there, you know, one of these keeners, like in the front row, already asking questions. I was, you know, sometimes I had to be quiet because I was dominating the conversation too much and asking too many questions. I let other people, but. This particular morning, I pulled out my five minute gratitude journal and how it changed my day really took me aback. I didn't really think too much of it. I just thought I was forcing myself in the beginning to do it so I would get in the habit of being grateful for something and and thinking that way. But as I did it and as I did it, it really, it does. It's like a practice, you know, it's something Mm -hmm. to practice, you know. Not that you can know when you're running drills and football, I always, always, always use sports analogies always. That's just the way I am. So even like I'll use like alignment alignment has, I'm sure so many ways they can block, you know, but these guys are 32, 34 years old doing the same things they did in pop Warner to stop the guy across from them. And why do they still do it? Cause they have to practice it and practice it and perfect it. And it's the same with, when you're in this journey of, of recovery, gonna be uncomfortable. You're gonna get your ass knocked down sometimes by the defensive guy when you're an offensive lineman. He's gonna knock you over, but you're gonna get back up, and you're gonna learn a technique or whatever. I don't know. I'm looking like I'm doing karate (laughs) here. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. So it's it's a discipline. It's a discipline to do it, and I I find now that through the discipline of doing it that that particular day turned a light bulb on for me, saying I need to be grateful. I have other than the little thing I'm going through is my recovery. I have a great life. I have a great life. I have two beautiful, healthy daughters. One's in university. One's in high school. They're doing awesome. I have a loving, caring wife who stuck with me through all the garbage I put her through. I have a house. I have cars to get to work. I have a job. I have all these things, even, you know, the basics of life, you know, I had a oh, yeah. chocolate. Uh-oh. Is that you're grateful for? So I would put down, you run out of things to talk about in your gratitude so you start thinking of the little things the little morsels of life that you find joy and i found that those are the things that bring me the most joy i had a great meal last night or i had this right i met a friend for a coffee we had a great conversation
0: mm-hmm. whatever
2: the whatever it is but it's a really how the practice of gratitude will over time make you more grateful naturally. I think that's what Mm. what I would encourage people to do because it's like meditation. It's uncomfortable in the beginning because you're not really sure you're going to be successful at it. And your mind is flying all over the place and you're thinking you're getting nothing out of it. The next time you do it, you get a little bit better at it. So I I did guided meditation um, uh, through an app called calm. And they would talk you through it. So the lady who was talking always would bring me back if I was away. And I found that helped me. Um, get into it because I needed somebody telling me kind of guiding me what to do, or my mind was wandering all over the place. So I, I like guided my meditation myself. That's what I prefer. So I stick with that, but really to answer the lady's question is practice, practice it, but try it. You have to try it first of all, and, and let of that fear that you're not going to be able to do it over time. You'll see the gratitude come in your life and it will change you. It'll change your mindset. So what you're feeding your brain on a daily basis matters. Really does matter, and that positivity and gratitude helps. I found a lot. Oh yeah,
1: awesome. What you feed oh, yeah.
2: is what it's going to produce. What it's going to come up. It's like in you know, a computer. What you put in, you put in garbage, in garbage out. Or you put in positive stuff, you're going to get positive stuff.
0: Out. Right. That that's a brilliant answer. Uh, that Jenny, that that was a really great question, Jenny, and awesome. awesome awesome answers, Roy. Yeah. Go ahead, Arja.
1: um <clears throat> So kind of we're winding down here. We're coming to an hour and um, what do you have coming up? So people go to SoberAthleticWear.com. Check out the clothes like they're they're awesome. They're really comfortable. The sizing is, I would say, true to size. Um, I really do dig the logo, too. Like when I saw Becca have it, I'm like, where did she get that? Because I need I need that. So uh, that was Go there and look it up. But do you have anything like coming up that you wanna talk about or you know your Instagram? Do you you post a lot there? Um and yeah, I and stuff. On,
2: I'm trying to even remember what my addresses are because it's so long ago that I set them up. I think <laughs> um well so one is sober athletic bear, uh at Sober AthleticWare for my Instagram. Um on my YouTube page, I've changed it so many times. I've, I've tried to find something catchy that would so I just call it Sober athletic bear now <laughs> because I changed it and and actually I used my logo. In as what the page was called, and I think because the way it's yeah, spelled, this is phonetically how you if you right. look in the dictionary you'll see this under the word sober. That's mm-hmm. what it is phonetically how you pronounce sober. Um, so yeah, you can find me there. Um, coming up, I'm working with some local community people now. We're we're going to probably do some events in in April. So this may not translate well for you guys in the U.S. but um for sure you look out for i'm going to be starting a podcast myself or at least um a vlog of some sort like i'm always going to be out there talking about my journey it's going to be with other people or not i haven't really decided that yet but i'm going to get serious about that i've been encouraged to do that because a lot of people are telling me you know troy your your story has some value um, you're pretty honest about it. Mm-hmm. So why not just put it out there? So that's what I'm going to try and do um, in okay. the near future. So if that happens, I'll have you guys on and we can chat again. And I'll Absolutely. Ask you question, maybe. Cool, yeah. <laughs> we would, we would um, love that. Yeah. And stuff, you know, like, I really want to get into attending conferences and I want to get my story. I want to hone my um, skills as a speaker. I was such a shy kid. I mean, it terrify me. But something happened to me early in my life. I, I got a a job. When I was about 18 and I got put on the reception at this fitness clinic, and I had to start talking to all these, you know, I thought really high people in society that came in, all these lawyers and doctors and things like that coming into this. And it really caught a fire for for speaking. And Mm -hmm. I I don't know what happened to me, but I I love talking about it Um, now. I don't really have a fear anymore of crowds and talking and things like that. So I think being honest and transparent is number one. But also, you know, when you come from having a heart of wanting to help people, that really makes it easy too, because telling your story is not as scary. Um, People are there to hear and learn. And, and, you know, some people may get one little tidbit out of it. That's Mm going to help change their life. And that's great. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to in the future is doing some speaking, doing some uh, podcast. And then, you know, my normal stuff, you'll see me posting about my clothes and things like that. I mean, I, I'm partial. Maybe I love the logo. I think it's pretty cool. And and you don't have to be in recovery to wear it. That's another thing that I really want to uh, talk about, too, is if you're supporting somebody or you just support people uh, with having mental health, it's OK to wear it, too, because there's a stigma with this word. And I know that people will probably might be shy or embarrassed to wear it because people might think that they're an alcoholic or what does that mean? Why are you wearing that? And really what I want people to do is ask questions. Yeah, and they see the logo. Yeah, questions. So people who are sober or people who drink say, "Well, this is what this story is about. This is what sober is about, and this is what the the mission is: is to change the meaning of sober. It's to help people. It's to support people in recovery. One day, um, I'm trying to um, get a get a partnership with a local organization. So some of the money that I raise will go back into the community because they can only exist through donations. So that's another thing that I'm trying to do is by selling this merchandise is, is, you know, the more that I sell, the more that goes back into the community and helping people. Maybe people don't have insurance that they can afford to go to a uh, a clinic or whatever it is that an inpatient outpatient, you know, so maybe we'll have like a, you know, scholarship sort of thing to help uh, fund people to go do that. Um, So there's a lot of ideas. I've only been in business since November, 2020. Like, you know, I've, opening a business in the pandemic probably probably wasn't the smartest idea, but I had such a passion for it that I thought I have some time. Um, I've, I've had an entrepreneurial spirit. I haven't really done this in my life and it really comes from a passion. So the success of it is having people either get well or get help or ask questions or feel comfortable or not be ashamed, you know, fill in the blank of, of what, you know, people can get from from the, the empowering of the word for them. Um so I hope people take it to heart, see it, are proud of it. And people who are supporting other people or just, you know, in general support uh, mental health causes or you know see the yeah. logo will research a little bit on the website why I do what I do and, and hop on board and, and join the movement. That's what uh, we're trying to do here and and help people. That's amazing. Well, there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> So
1: Lance, where can people find you?
0: Yes. Yes, indeed. You guys can find me on Twitter at Monte ball, 28 Instagram, Monte ball, obviously our Untapped cake pages, shoot us questions, topics. Guess You want to see, um, all of the above, get you connected to Troy if you want. Um, this is, this was awesome. RJ, where can they find you?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at it's trickster. ITZ the I is a one in trickster on tap keg pages hit us up with anything we'll be there we'll uh we'll get back to you as quickly as we can we check them fairly often and nothing's off limits i mean you know we'll keep it anonymous and conversation stays between us but reach out if you need it and uh yeah this is this has been really awesome thank you troy for joining us we really appreciate it and being so vulnerable and sharing your passion because your passion is infectious. Oh, yeah. And, um,
2: Appreciate it.
1: let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today. At least if we didn't make it, we tried. Have a good week, everybody.